everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Keeper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a guest who was here for the Muppet movie and is back again for The Great Muppet Caper. Tell the listeners who you are, guest. Hi there. I'm Jesse Hassinger, writer for the AV Club and founder of the other website, sportsalcohol.com. So glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, absolutely. Always, always a pleasure to yeah. have you on the show. Very happy to have you back. Thanks. And today you are joining us for minutes 81 and 82 of The Great Muppet Caper. In these minutes, thieves and Muppets alike arrive at the Mallory Gallery, and Piggy makes her daring escape from prison. (laughs) So, a lot happens in these minutes, but we start with 12 seconds of the same dimly lit shot of the thieves' arrival. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're sneaking in very stealthily. But like we can barely see them. That's how like, stealthy they are. I feel like this is the ugliest part of the movie by far. Huh. Like, did you guys see Thor 2 Dark Skies? <laughs> Thor 2 the Dark of, something or other? Yeah, yeah. The Thor dark 2 world. Dark Yeah, yeah. Thor 2 Dark Stuff. Um, dark City, yeah. yeah. Thor Trek Thor into Darkness. Dark, <laughs> yes, Thor Trek into Darkness. Okay. Um, that movie looked just like this scene for the whole movie, so that's what I thought of. When, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I think anyone involved with Thor 2 would be pretty psyched that you were thinking of their movie. <laughs> <laughs> that might be right. That might be right. Um, and I guess this is a sequel also, so maybe there's mm-hmm. just something about Dark. <laughs> and, but, so and you Godfather... would just like to have a better look at the thieves? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I can tell what's going on, but yeah. I feel like the score is doing a lot of the work here. Yeah. All right, but you know what's super cool about this part is, what's that? especially if you watch the Great Muppet Caper when you're uh, uh, like you know five years old, and then over and over and over, is uh, Charles Grodin has a grappling hook. Yeah, and actually, like probably, no, go, go, this, go ahead. This is probably the first time I've uh, had ever seen a grappling. I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid, and I'm sure this is the first time I ever saw a grappling hook in a movie. Sure, that makes sense. I uh, yeah, probably for me too. Maybe Batman '89, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um. But we were actually talking last week about how when they're going through their list of items to bring with them, Nikki says harpoon gun. And like, that was the one item he was supposed to bring. But here you're like, you say, it's definitely a grappling hook. So Nikki's one job was to bring the harpoon gun and he brought a grappling hook instead. <laughs> but, but surely that's what they meant. Like, that's what they need. Yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense. But also, it means that none of them knew what it was called. No, that makes me wonder (laughs) if it's a mistake on the writer's part, or they just, I don't know, somebody uh, didn't know the difference between the two. Yeah, right. And I like to assume that it was Nikki Holiday, um, Irresponsible Parasite, and not not our writers, who are all pretty talented, and I would like to think smart. Yes, yes. uh, So next, we see Piggy hitching the ride on the back of a truck, and... This this moment is rife with sight gags that I never noticed because I've never paused this movie well, to look at them. Before. Yeah, I was going to say some of them you would have to pause to even see them. Right. So the truck says BHL Big House Laundry. Like that one's pretty clear, I think. And we also see that the prison is called MH Prison, which, Ryan, you mentioned in the script, there was some jokes where 
Queen Elizabeth is in prison with Piggy. Yeah, that was in the earlier draft where she was actually her cellmate. Right. So would it be funny if Her Majesty's prison actually had Her Majesty in it? Uh, yeah. As I, I kind of, I mean, I don't know if they actually do. They do they call prisons Her Majesty's prison over there? I, I, I should have looked it up, I guess. But yeah, I have to wonder if this is sort of a leftover vestige of that gag. Right. But uh, yeah, then we see. Um, I was going to say, if you pause it on the same side of the truck that says BHL Big House Laundry, it says serving the prison community since the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> I didn't expect that. No. <laughs> well, it's so great. It's such, it's like Golden Age Simpson level screenshot joke stuff, right? Yeah. And they, in 1981, did they think people were going to be pausing this thing? I mean, I don't, v, like VCRs were around. Right. Certainly they may have known. But it really shows a lot of restraint uh, on their part, not to make it the focus of a shot that you can see right. clearly. They, they don't do a close up on it. Right. And even if people use their VCRs in those days, you you couldn't always get a clear freeze frame with a VCR. Like the image would be jumping, and there'd be lines across the screen. Yeah. So, yeah, they they weren't. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is a very disciplined gag, right? Well, and and then the last one is as the truck drives away, we see that the address is One Starch Street, London. So good. Yeah, <laughs> what I, a it delight. just occurred to me I should have looked up. Did anyone look up on Google Maps to see if there is a one Starch Street in London? And we should go there? Or a Starch Street? Yes, we should. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it d- does not appear to be the case. Okay. Too bad. So cancel your trip to London, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Well, you can go still. I, I, don't, I don't think this is London, but in Box Trolls, there's a pretty good street guy. You can, kind of, you can see if there's a, I forget, it's like the milk turns into it. Street, I don't remember what the, what the gag is. Um, Oh, That's, awesome. You could do a whole. You could do a whole tour looking for a pun and, and gag street. <laughs> just wandering around that London is, looking yes. for fictional streets. Does anyone know Star Street? Know. <laughs> yeah, that is a really great idea. So, <laughs> listeners, do that. Send us pictures. Send us your slides. Thank you. <laughs> also, I feel like in terms of like again, this being sort of a formative movie for me in terms of you know probably I saw it at a time when I had seen like ten movies ever. Uh, I feel like, I mean, this is certainly the first time I saw a movie where, like, someone breaks out of jail by sneaking in the laundry truck. And then I was thinking, have I ever seen a movie that does that for real? Or have I just seen it in The Great Muppet Caper? And also, I think Naked Gun 33 and a third, or they at least allude to it. I don't know if he actually gets out that way. But I was like, is this, it's one of those things where it's, I know, I'm sure it's from, you know, a lot of movies from, like, the, you know, 50s and 60s that are probably forgotten now. But now is mostly remembered as as a gag thing, like a thing that people recognize as being a thing people do, but, but no one in the movie, even in 1981, I doubt there were that many movies where that had happened recently. <laughs> right. Um, although it would happen a few year, a, a decade and a half later in Batman and Robin. Hmm. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, not- that kind of thing. it's like that kind of, you know, kind of kishy or in quote marks or kind of spoofy thing, that kind of, right. right. And, and because one of Mr. Freeze's most underrated puns in that movie is <laughs> finally a laundry service that delivers. <laughs> it's also, <laughs> I like the finally because like it's, he's been waiting. Like, that's that's I think that's existed for a while. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> right. it's not even a pun. That's just he just seems out of touch. 
true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So after we cut away from Piggy, the Happiness Hotel busts. Well, I also up. just wanted to point out, Piggy is really hanging on for dear life, and it, like she, there's really nothing for her to to grip or to hold on to, and she's wearing her the the silky gloves still. So she's whatever she's doing, she is using all her strength to hang on to this truck as it speeds away. Yeah, that's true. She's really she's really hanging on. Yeah. Um. But so we cut to the Happiness Hotel bus pulling up. It's still backfiring away, just like it was the last time we saw it. <laughs> it is now joined by Beauregard's cab. Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo are all in the cab. That's a caravan. Why? Yeah, I guess, like, why do we think that that's happening? Like, all they all fit on the bus just fine before, right? Are these all the same characters who rode in the the, the bus before? I guess it is. I mean, wasn't it kind of like everybody in yeah, the bus yeah, to the so date? There are no additional characters. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I feel mean, like this is this the is this the first time there's ever in a Muppet movie uh, a, a notion that like oh there's no room in this vehicle for additional Muppets because I feel like generally the policy is just pack them all in there, right? And that's even earlier in this movie. Like I I don't know what the point is of having those guys pull up in the cab. Hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem to add anything as far as I can tell. Oh, maybe they just wanted to get their money's worth out of the taxi. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, they all get out. Beaker appears to be carrying a large brush or a scraper of some kind, which is what that's wonderful. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's when magic happens because Kermit says, you guys all got your disguises in place. And then <laughs> we spend a full 10 seconds panning across the whole Muppet gang and they're all wearing Groucho glasses. <laughs> Every this single is, one of them. They're all wearing them. And it's like, we talked about how that other shot of the thieves, you know, I talked about how I thought it was, you know, long and kind of dull. This one, like, is time well spent. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, if that uh, established how good the thieves are at being stealthy and sneaking in, this shot establishes how bad the Muppets are at being stealthy and sneaking in. <laughs> right. True. They all go- so we should probably talk about what Groucho glasses are, right? Sure. Um, which they're all so they're all wearing these glasses with bushy eyebrows, big nose, mustache. Now, why are they called Groucho glasses, Ryan? Because they are meant to evoke the trademark uh, look and makeup of Groucho Marx, the the famous uh, screen comedian. Now, when you say famous screen comedian, like you're 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 underselling him because let's the be legendary honest, this- screen comedian. This, but I mean, like for, for you and me personally, this is like our number one film comedy hero. Yeah, like Groucho is the guy. Like he and his brothers starred in a string of film comedies in the '30s, and they were huge influences on the Muppets. And it breaks my heart every day that Groucho Marx was too old and feeble to work with the Muppets by the time they got famous. Yeah, but uh, so this is like their their tr- giant wonderful tribute to him. Yeah, and, and I guess just, there, there might be people out there who don't know, but he, in, in all the Marx Brothers movies, he so he wore glasses. I guess those were his real glasses. But then he had these uh, these painted on uh, grease paint uh, eyebrows and mustache, which had started when he was uh, a stage actor, which I guess sort of like <laughs> normally you wouldn't see an actor on the movie screen using such obviously uh fake uh makeup but 
um, yeah, that's where that came from. So that's that was his trademark. Yeah, and then eventually he grew a real mustache, and it yes. was never the same. Yes, like, but at some point, like I don't know when these novelty glasses emerged as just a a thing that are everywhere, and everybody kind of knows what they are. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Groucho glasses. The I I didn't source this further, but the Wikipedia page for them says the 1940s. Oh, okay, so while he was still at his at his peak, which seems plausible, yeah. like. You know, they don't feel like something that would have been an innovation of, of 1971 or something. Right. If know. that happened now, though, he would get a royalty, but I'm sure he never did. Right. Um, also, he they, uh, they've they done this before. Um, I mean, I can think of at least one occasion, which is in the Muppet movie, where Fozzie first appears on the stage at the El Slizo, and he's wearing Groucho glasses. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that this is basically the bicycle scene all over again. Right. In that, in the first movie, we got one Muppet in Groucho glasses. And now we get every Muppet in Groucho glasses. Including Kermit, who does not actually have a nose. <laughs> a lot of them don't have noses. Janice doesn't have a nose. Right. Um, uh, who else? I feel like there must be others. And including the Swedish chef who already has fuzzy eyebrows and a mustache. That's true. Oh, man. It's just lovely. What a, what a great thing. So, all the, so, oh, and uh, the other thing I meant to say is on the Wikipedia page for Groucho Glasses, they are apparently also known as Beagle Pusses. What? I guess because beagles have big noses. Uh, I don't know. Huh. All right. <laughs> but uh, most people don't call them that. They call them Groucho Glasses or Funny Nose Glasses. Yes. <laughs> so then we, anyways, then we watch the security guards patrol around for a while to build some tension. And Gonzo breaks that tension with his now signature move of taking a flash photograph. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. Not very sneaky, but funny. No, they are bad for it. Bad at, they are bad at sneaking around. Um, so Kermit asks Rolf for the blowtorch. And Rolf says, who said anything about a blowtorch? And here's the thing. Rolf is 100% right. <laughs> the blowtorch yeah. was not on the list of items that they prepared. No, there was nothing nearly that practical on their checklist. Right. So why does Kermit like why is Kermit being serious now? Why didn't he bring it up in the room while they were planning? Instead of a bag of chickens. Yes. <laughs> I mean like or why didn't I guess I guess Ralph was paying more attention than Kermit was, right? To the to the planning. I guess so. Kermit's got a lot on his mind. Yeah, I mean, he was—he got to kiss Miss Piggy. He got mesh marks all over his face. Mm, yeah, he's distracted. <laughs> he had a lot going on. But uh, some of the Muppets did bring items to use. Uh, two Jerry Nelson characters, specifically. <laughs> right? Lou Zealand brought paper towels, and Floyd brought hot mustard, thinking that maybe it would eat through iron bars. <laughs> yes. I, but those bo- those. Both are two of my favorite things, actually, in the whole movie. Like reliably, uh, especially when I was in high school, if someone like blurted out, "I got, I brought the paper towels. I got some paper towels." Whatever he says, uh, in, in like in that moment, especially if you're supposed to be quiet, I would reliably lose it and laugh very hard because it always made me laugh really hard. I love New Zealand. Like I feel like he's, <laughs> I like he he seem, feels like he is often thinking on a different level, even from the kind of normal levels of Muppet zaniness, uh, <laughs> which I appreciate. Sure. Yeah. He's, yeah, he actually, he, like they had a, li- a list of stuff, but you don't see a lot of it 
with them in their hands, but he did bring the paper towels. They're there. <laughs> yeah, Lou is on top of it. Lou <laughs> is really the hero of this movie. <laughs> He's the unsung MVP. I am just very amused that they gave him a great joke that has nothing to do with fish. <laughs> well, yeah, they do in um, in sort of the you know in in uh, maybe this is for a podcast in in five years or something when you guys do uh, Muppets Most Wanted. But uh, the he gets one of my favorite lines in that movie too, and I feel like that movie is supposed to be the kind of the great Muppet caper of its of its of its series, where he's like in complete when someone mentions quitting the Muppets, he in complete incredulity he asks, "You can quit the Muppets?" Right. Yeah, that's pretty good. That, that suggests he would have quit the Muppets a long time ago if he could. Have, yeah, <laughs> if he knew that was an option. So I, I really, right. when they occasionally do give him the non boomerang fish line, I feel like it's always kills. Sure. Um, yeah, no, Lou's great, and he. this is his finest hour, I think, is this movie. <laughs> um, but so anyways, Floyd Brown Hot Mustard, I mean, it'll eat through the bars, which gives Kermit the idea to ask Animal. He walks over, he says Animal, and Animal goes, wah! <laughs> <laughs> which, the, that way that Animal's, like you mentioned, high school, my best friend and I used to do that all the time back in high school. My, my best oh, friend wow. Jason and I would do Animal, wah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's the whole bit. It's like also him. He's biting into the bars as like this uh, something for some reason that really stuck with me about this movie. This is kind of like horrible tactility to the notion of a mouth, like a re- since it's a puppet and not like a cartoon, like a real mouth that's obviously very soft in, in real life, trying to chomp down this iron bar. I, for some reason, that really like kind of fascinated and disturbed me as a child. <laughs> Well, and I think it helps that it's like, uh, what, what is it called? A fleur-de-lis? Uh-huh. Um, like the shape of the bar. It's not just like a regular iron bar. It's this yeah, big, yeah. thick, like, you know, flowery looking, I guess, like, you know, touch to it or whatever. Yeah. Um, also not sharp. It's rounded. So hopefully, uh, yeah, he's not hurting himself too much. <laughs> right. But uh, will Animal be able to eat through the bars? We actually don't know because that's where we end these minutes. <laughs> Although I, I, I will say that's not uh, all that happened in the July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay. In, oh please! Yeah, in the, this is just a quick thing. In the draft, the fence is electrified, and when Animal bites into it, his eyes immediately open wide, and it says his hair straightens out like porcupine quills. So Ooh. they decided not to do that. There is another electrocution gag later. Um, yeah, not too not too far from now. Yeah. yeah, and it also reminds me of uh, the Muppets 2011 movie when uh, they throw Walter on an electrified fence and he gets zapped. So I guess right. that's one and of those it, things. It's always fun for Muppets. And it also reminds me of Home Alone 2 when Daniel Stern gets electrocuted and you can see his skeleton. Oh, God. <laughs> because that is a horror movie. It is. That movie is so messed up. Uh, like, I feel, and this is... A tangent, but I just was thinking about this movie recently because I was talking with some people on the on the Twitter machine about comedy sequels or sequels that were you know just sequels in general that were very highly anticipated. And someone brought up Home Alone two being one that as a child we were all you know because I was thinking about Frozen two, which is just coming out when we're recording this, and a lot of kids are really excited about this. And when a lot of us when we were kids, there wasn't like a sequel that was equivalent kind of hype level of Frozen two because there weren't as many kids movies that got sequels. And Home, someone pointed out Home Alone two was one of that for us. And God, that that sequence in the abandoned warehouse where he's just like body horroring the shit out of those guys. Oh gosh, that's 
this is the stuff of nightmares. And I, I feel like it was very educational to me as a 12 year old <laughs> going, okay, yep. this is where slapstick stops being funny is when you can like see the welts from the bricks hitting someone's face or like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's right. a person. It looks like a person. That's not funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they must have thought that they had to make the sequel even more violent and yeah. even more horrible. But yes, by the end of that movie, those guys should definitely be dead. They should be. De- well, did I ever tell you my thing about Home Alone 2? The way to fix Home Alone 2? Um, they should have got a new antagonist. Like, send Kevin to New York, and for some reason he has to face off against a gangster played by Harvey Keitel or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's good. That like, forget made about more Harry sense. and Marv. You yeah, know? that would have made more sense than the same two burglars just happened to be in New York at the same time. Right, and well, then he does the, the all the stuff. Isn't all that fun either. Well, There's I mean, like they do. The, uh, yeah. Well, they they do all that weird stuff where, like, the first movie is about a little kid hanging out in his own neighborhood, and then the second one is about a little kid who knows how to navigate the New York City subway system all by himself, get to <laughs> landmarks with ease, like. <laughs> and he only ever ends up at like that warehouse thing. Is just like for all that New York stuff is not New Yorky at all. It's just like a big abandoned apartment building. I mean, I guess that's kind of New Yorky, but you know, it's not very location specific. It's just sort of like, Oh, there's a bunch of construction stuff here where he can use to hurt people. Right. An abandoned <laughs> right. building. Like him doing that in Central anywhere. Park would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. So anyways, Home Alone 2 is not very, like as far as sequels go, the great Muppet Caper is much better than Home Alone 2. I think we all agree. We will not be discussing <laughs> yeah, Home Alone 2 two, two minutes at a time. <laughs> No, that's good. I wouldn't want to do that. You couldn't. Well, you could. I mean, you could pay me to do it, but I wouldn't oh, want yeah, to do it. Funny. All right. There you go. Folks. Make Anthony an offer. All right. So uh, me and Jesse are going to launch our Home Alone 2 podcast. Look what you did, you little creep. Or look what you did, you little jerk. I mean, uh, so are we look for that. Are skip Home Alone and just go, go straight to 2? Home Alone 2? Yeah, because Kevin causes a big to-do at the choir concert. Isn't that funny? Isn't that comedy? All right. Okay. So anyways, one one thing we like to do at the end of the podcast, uh, rather than discuss other random movies for five minutes, uh, is to talk about... So Jesse, what you mentioned this was a favorite as a kid. Do you remember the first time you saw it? And where would you rank it among the other Muppet movies? That's a good question. I don't remember. It's so early in my movie watching that I can't place it. I know I saw Muppets Take Manhattan in the theater when I was a kid, when I was four or so. And I honestly don't remember if I saw this before or after, because we didn't have a VCR until I was a little older. So it's possible I hadn't seen, I didn't see it till later. It's one of those things where I taped it off TV. And as far as my memory goes, it was just all that tape was always there, even though there must've been a time before that tape as there was a time before the VCR. Um, so I don't remember when right. I first saw it. it. I must've been four or five around then. Like I, cause I was pretty Muppet crazy at that, in that stage of my life. Um, and overall, I mean, like, I think at the time, certainly as a child and even as like a, and into a teenager, I would have said, this is the best Muppet movie. Um, I think with the wisdom of the moderate wisdom of age, I, I think the Muppet movie is more, I can see why that's more of a perfect movie in the way in in its way um so this is always like going to be my personal favorite probably but i would you know i would probably put it second place and the kind of official like 
be honest with yourself rankings with with uh, for for all the movies. But it is certainly what probably the one I, I've loved the most for the longest. Sure, awesome. Yeah, and, and actually, I just realized after asking that question, you did an article about this for the AV Club, so we should we should link to that. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's I get into all about how Great Muppet Caper is. Uh, is is really good, and although I really, I think you know, all the Muppet movies are good, but that, that that this one is like top tier for me. Yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, before we go, do either of you have any final thoughts? Uh, I forgot to ask earlier, Jesse. Anything else you want to say about these minutes? I'll I'll say I, I like the kinship between Floyd having hot mustard brought to mind as an as an older person. Uh, the bit on the Simpsons where Otto, the bus driver's landlord, is like says regarding whether Otto, whether he got rid of Otto's stuff when he gets him out of his apartment. All I found in there is a couple old cycle magazines and a jar of mustard. And Otto says, incredulously, I had mustard. Yeah. And <laughs> Floyd having mustard to me, like there was like a, there's a kinship there. I was like, yeah, they're both guys who would like, if nothing else, they would have mustard. Right. So I like that little, you know, you were talking earlier about the Simpsons level of like signage gags. And I do think there's kind of a Muppet Simpsons connection that is not often necessarily pointed out uh and i think there is these little touches like that did kind of make me oh yeah this is this kind of as a young as a kid this gave me some of the feelings that the simpsons gave me as a you know 12 13 year old sure yeah Hmm. and and that also reminds me that we will get to talk about the muppets go medieval starring troy mcclure (laughs) the minute by minute for that's gonna be great (laughs) it's gonna be so good um all right, Ryan, anything anything else? Uh, yeah, one thing I meant to mention earlier, uh, there have been a, a, several scenes where we've tried to figure out whether what we're seeing on the screen is a hand puppet or an animatronic. And looking at the shot where Piggy is riding away on the laundry truck, I would assume that that's an animatronic because we see her whole body. She's on a car that's moving away. But she's moving very smoothly, and like she's even doing the this kind of scrunchy face. Yeah, so. my my guess is that Frank Oz is just inside the truck, right? And there's a hole in the door. Yeah, I get. I mean, that would be an uncomfortable angle for him, but you know, that, that's nothing but, new for a Muppet performer, right? Um, but because it, to me, she looks so natural that right. She's oh, and you know what else? The windows are blacked out. So yeah, so he's hidden inside the just just on the other side of that door. Yeah, that's that's my guess. There you go. Um, and then the other thing, I had a couple of notes on um, the Mallory Gallery. Uh, I okay. don't think we mentioned the sign on the gate outside says Mallory Gallery. Don't try it; you'll be torn to shreds. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so another fun sign gag. Um, Although I then, do like the idea that a museum defines itself entirely by like no trespassing, stay out. <laughs> whereas museums are generally very welcoming to the public. Yes. Well, they have a lot of expensive stuff in there, so that's true. Um, the exterior shots here were filmed on October twenty first, nineteen eighty. Um, the Mallory Gallery exterior is actually a house in Hertfordshire, England. Uh, it's a really big house, but people do wow, live yeah. there. Uh, the grounds around it are uh, open to the public as a park. So that's another thing to look for on your trip to, to the London area. And other movies that have filmed there include uh, the 1989 Batman, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The King's Speech, and uh, not Home Alone 2, but another great sequel, Agent Cody Banks 2. <laughs> so, so the next time uh, you watch that movie, and I, I'm sure you 
you watch it regularly. Uh, be sure to look for this house. <laughs> At the next banks of fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it would make sense to go to see that because the subtitle of Agent Cody Banks 2 is Destination London. Aha. So that's what we'll be doing when we go there. London will also be our destination. Indeed. <laughs> it's it's a sequel that delivers everything it promises. Agent Cody yeah. Banks and the Destination, destination London. London. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. What more could you ask for? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> I think some, uh, kind of great, some kind of great Muppet caper is more than I, is what I would ask for. I think. Yeah, Anthony Anderson was in that movie. He's probably having a good time. I'm right. sure he enjoyed the paycheck. I'm sure he did. All right, uh, so that brings us down to the end. Uh, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. You can check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist, one of Groucho's brothers. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Jesse, where can our listeners find you online? You can find me at, at Rock Marooned. If you like the movie Wonderful. Jerry. Or if you don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea it was a reference to anything. It's, it's not, Jerry is like a movie that I don't, it's not like I rewatch all the time, but I really like the phrase. It's a, it's a, it's a good one. <laughs> sure. And you will often find Jesse and us and going around and around on Twitter about a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, so everyone, thanks again. Give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell all your friends to listen to the show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.